time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello, race fans, and welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week on your great racing radio station and your favorite podcast location. I am William Barber, a.k.a. WB, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the producer that everyone in the world wishes they had sitting high atop their pit box because he knows everybody can get anybody and can make sure that we have a dynamic show every single week in and week out. Ladies and gentlemen, my right-hand man, Elfie! Hey there, WB. Glad to be with you again this week on another fantastic episode of the Southern Race Week radio program, along with the podcast as well, as we've got another jam-packed show for the listeners this week, Mr. Barber. Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, uh, I know I'm going to get a chance to catch up with our good buddy, uh, Tim Bryant from Five Flags Speedway, but, uh, and talk about all the great things that Tim is involved with, not only with Five Flags Speedway, but with all of the other late model series that he is helping to promote because him and Stan Narison are taking a, uh, an approach of let's help each other and let's help grow this program across the Southeast and beyond. So I'm going to talk with him a little bit later on, but uh, you've got a few guests lined up your sleeve that, you know, sometimes I think you, you give me the, the easy ones so that you can have the, 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 the complex, the, the details one so what's that all about man who no, you got no nah, man you're just a busy man dude you got a lot going on in your plate my man people don't know what behind the scenes wb has to deal with on the day in and day out operation for the iHeartRadio corporation so uh you're, you're, you're a very busy man it's got a lot of nerve pills man it's got a lot <laughs> of nerve pills muscle relaxers i mean i, I have to do it I feel like Elvis sometimes, man. I mean, come on. It's like, Jesus Christ. I well, mean, you know. uh, yeah. Well, also coming up on the program, William, we're going to speak with Cars, Tours, reporter, and host, uh, Jacqueline Drake. She'll bring us up to date on what's going on in the Cars, Tour series. And also, she's going to be getting back behind the wheel of a car for the first time in 10 years. So, she's going to talk a little bit about that. And then also, Lenny Batiki, host of PRN at the Track, who normally delivers for us the uh, short track news, but this week, He's helping us out with the uh, dirt track racing at Bristol Motor Speedway as he was a pit reporter for the Performance Racing Network uh, during their coverage of the uh, Food City Dirt Race at Bristol. So he'll give us his thoughts and kind of grade uh, how the weekend went as far as the racing on dirt for the first time in 50 years in the Cup Series, Williams. So we have another star-studded lineup of guests that will be joining us this week once again on Southern Race Week Radio as well as the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. I'm Kayla Vinci from Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network itself. We welcome you back to another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. We appreciate you subscribing, tuning in, and listening to the radio broadcast and the podcast as well as we continue with this brand new week's edition and we are very fortunate and uh, very honored to have a first time guest on the program this week as we head on over to the food depot zoom line and welcome in from an undisclosed location somewhere in the united states of america via zoom uh, we welcome in tv reporter and host for the cars touring series ladies and gentlemen let's welcome in miss jacqueline Hi, 
Hi, everyone. Wow, what an intro. Can I have that for my voicemail? <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time. And I got to tell you, you have done so many things in your young, illustrious career. But let's talk about the Cars Tour series, which you are a TV reporter and a host for. You guys got a ton of events. For the listeners who might not know or familiar themselves with the Cars Tour series, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so the Cars Tour was formed kind of coming off of the Pro Cup series. If anyone remembers the Hooters Pro Cup that traveled around on the East Coast here, it spawned uh, from it's the same owner, Jack McNelly. And the Cars Tour essentially brings two premier late model programs to the track. So they had the late model stock side and then also the super late model uh, side. And the best of the best drivers beat in our series. And I don't even say that just because I've worked there for seven years. I say that because we produced some of the best side-by-side -side racing over the last couple of years. The championship points were decided by one point on the late model stock side, and it came down to the last lap in the last two years. So uh, we always have really great racing, and we go to a lot of really cool tracks out here, mostly primarily in North Carolina, South Carolina. Virginia. We spent a lot of time in Virginia last year with COVID, but if you haven't had a chance, definitely like check out the Cars Tour if you like late model racing or just hard-nosed short track racers. Now, uh, Jacqueline, uh, before you became a broadcaster, you were a driver, but you transitioned from driving and now becoming a broadcaster. You've been out of the car for almost 10 years, I believe. So tell me about that transition from driving into broadcasting. Yeah, so uh, getting out of the seat was kind of a two-part move for me. I graduated from high school. I was doing college, and as life goes on, you have to grow up and make adult decisions. And so I have been involved on the marketing side of motorsports for essentially almost 10 years as well, which is where I spent time at Roush and did some really cool projects with Ford um, before working with the Cars Tour and doing their event marketing, a lot of their sponsorship. Uh, fulfillments and eventually on camera work is which what you see today so um, I definitely have been involved in motorsports on a lot of different levels just uh, any way that I can fit in but yeah most recently been focusing a lot on doing more on camera work so it sounds like you came up with the intention of doing marketing and that kind of thing what was what got you in front of the camera did, did someone come and ask you was it something that you kind of pursued what led you to want to get into the broadcasting side of things so uh, when i moved to north carolina in 2013 i did not know a lot of people and i actually started a youtube channel where i would review makeup products and my sister-in-law who uh, is also working with fox as uh, on camera host she uh, mentioned to me in Cabo, inside of a casino, we were at a, a, a craps table and she's like, hey, why aren't you doing on camera for racing? You know everything about it. You, you know, you talk about it so passionately and you're great on camera. And it was almost a light bulb moment. And I said to myself, why am I not doing that? I, I don't know. I, I never really thought of it. I just was doing marketing and doing the best I could on that side. So I started doing a series with the Cars Tour called Keeping Up the Pace uh, with Jacqueline Drake. And I would do these like fun videos and then eventually a transition and doing Pit Road and the event hosting that you see at the track today. And I've gone on to do a lot of cool projects with NASCAR Roots and um, you know, name it. It's been quite a ride that I've really enjoyed. So I hope to only continue and keep growing from here. So as we speak with uh, Jacqueline Drake here, she is a TV host, reporter for the Cars Tour Series, and also a 
former driver as well. So that kind of transitions into what you got coming up next. As you said, it's been 10 years since you've been out of the seat. And coming up on July 17th, you're going to be competing. So tell me a little bit about this. Is it uh, what made you decide after a, a 10-year hiatus, like Michael Jordan, you retired and, and now you're coming back? You know, I, I never thought about that Michael Jordan bit, but I like that. Um, so I, my birthday is actually coming up next week. I'm going to be turning 29. And as any typical person in their late 20s, you're looking at the big 3-0 and you're thinking, hey, what have I been doing the last 10 years of my life? And I didn't really think I would be out of the seat for 10 years. I still have a car back home in Texas that uh, my dad has been holding graciously in the shop. So um, unfortunately, we can't get it here and the logistics don't work out. And so I just started talking to some of the teams. I'm like, hey, how can we make this happen? It's time. Let's, you know, 2021 is the year. And so um, I partnered with Solid Rock Carriers and we worked with Craig Moore Racing and we have all partnered together to go back out to the track. We got a couple of test sessions scheduled because Lord knows I need to get reacclimated to the seat. But um, yeah, July 17th at Orange County Speedway, it's one of my favorite tracks that we visit on the Cars Tour schedule over the years. So when we were looking at where we wanted to go, Orange County was at the top of my list. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to get out there and you know, see what, what happens and hopefully it will uh, go well and maybe turn into more races. Is that what you hope for this? Is that you have the opportunity to maybe do some more of this? You kind of went out there and found this yourself. Yeah, I did. I have, again, I've always wanted to race again um, older because when you, the last time I raced is when I was 19, I was a teenager. So you learn a lot and you grow a lot from that time to now, both personally and professionally. And, you know, my ultimate goals um, in life is not necessarily to go be a professional race car driver anymore. Like I was when I was younger. I love what I do with on camera. I love being involved in motorsports in my way, but I want to have fun, you know, and I want to see where I am now, um, 10 years later and what I can do. So yeah, my hope is that again, it goes really well and I'd love to do more than just the one race. Cause you know, it's very addicting <laughs> adrenaline is so I would love to do more than one race, but I'm just looking at this first race and, you know, focusing on that and trying to put my best foot forward. So it's been a long time since you've been in a car. Do you think it's like one of those things where people say it's like riding a bicycle, you just you just get up and get into it and do it? Or do, you, or do you feel like you have to have some work to try to reacclimate yourself to being in the car and driving? So I've had a lot of people tell me that it is like riding a bike. People that have been out of the seat for a really long time, um, I've spoken to a lot of them at the track. They say, yeah, it is a lot like riding a bike. For me, a lot of my nerves come from Every car I ever raced growing up, the 13 years I competed, my father and I, we built every car I ever raced ourselves. Every nut and bolt, we knew exactly what was in the car. And this is the first time I'm ever gonna race a car that I've never built myself with my family. So there's that level of nerves. And um, you know, I really trust what Craig Moore and team is gonna do and provide at the track. They're actually building a brand new car for this event. But I've been in the gym almost every day, just trying to get back to physically my you know my stamina and just overall it's going to be a really hot day here in North Carolina in July when that race happens so there's definitely room where I need to grow and get reacclimated but I'm hoping that the rumors are true that it is somewhat of 
jumping back on a bike. So I guess I'll find out. Now you said you and your dad bonded, you grew up together working on cars. For your dad, how's he feeling about you getting back into the car? At first he was unsure, uh, but after talking to him for a while, when I was at the Chili Bowl, we had seven days to talk about it. And I took him over, they had Simpson race uh, products there because I had to buy all new race gear. And I'm like, dad, we're doing this, okay? So if you wanna be involved, let's, you know, let's be involved. You can make sure that we're going the right foot. So I saw him two weeks ago and I said, are you gonna be here in July? He goes, yeah, I'll be here. I'm like, okay, because I, I have never raced without him there. So both my parents will be um, in attendance, and I'm sure they'll be pretty nervous. Jacqueline, if our listeners want to keep up with you, where can they go to follow you on a social media? Absolutely. I am all over the social channels, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, my handle's the one and only JKD. Well, uh, Miss Drake, we really appreciate the time. And here on Sunday Race Week Radio, we're also going to follow you. And hopefully we'll have you back on the program soon to kind of update us and let us know what's going on, not only with the Cars Tour Series, but also your road to getting back behind the wheel on uh, July uh, 17th. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Sunday Race Week Radio. And hopefully we'll talk to you again uh, soon. Thank you so much for having me again. It was great anytime. This is Natalie Decker, driver for Nice Motorsports, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie as we enjoy the Easter holiday weekend. No NASCAR racing going on, but we did have a race Last weekend, and uh, the Bristol Motor Speedway had their first ever dirt race weekend with the Truck Series and the Cub Series, although uh, slightly delayed due to a monsoon that hit the uh, Bristol area. So to, to bring us up to date and to uh, tell us his experiences uh, being at Bristol Motor Speedway over the weekend for the dirt race weekend, you know him normally as a uh, the host of PRN at the track, but also added to his resume pit reporter for the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in Mr. Lenny Batiki! Oh, Alfie, it's dirt, baby. It was a fun time there at Bristol. I mean, it took a little longer and it got a lot <laughs> wetter, but uh, man, for it to finally happen, uh, I got a First off, compliment that track crew, Steve Swift, John Pitt, um, you know, Mike Van, Van Gendron, uh, who was uh, driving the water truck and really keep a track of every bit of that racing surface. And Marcus and Jerry Caldwell and all those cats there at Bristol that did so much to uh, try to make this a, a connection to the grassroots dirt track fans. It had its differences and it had things that will sit and you know, argue about uh, for the whole year, uh, but at least we get to do it again. And I think there'll be, uh, you know, smart people will make smart decisions to make smart things happen better uh, next time around. But overall, it was a great time. Now, this was the race that I think a lot of fans were looking forward to when they saw the schedule. Dirt racing hasn't been done in 50 years. And the last guy to do it, Richard Petty, who won the last dirt race in the NASCAR Cup Series, so a lot of question marks and a lot of uh, wh how this was going to turn out. And the rain uh, kind of uh, messed things up a little bit over the weekend. I mean, looking at some of the pictures from Fox Television and just seeing just how much rain there. I'm sure you've been to Bristol Motor Speedway plenty of times, Lenny. Can you can you describe for the listeners out there the rain showers and, and just how the track took on all that rain? 
Well, the, the facility has a little creek running through it, or it's little most of the time, until you get all this water coming down from all the hills, and it just you know, pushed up into the uh, parking areas and everything like that. So it made it really uh, almost unsafe for the fans that first day uh, after the rains came. And everybody stopped, and we, uh, we didn't race on Sunday. But the, the rain actually got into the racetrack and helped provide a little bit of foundational moisture that uh, if it had been any other uh, circumstance, I think the dirt track fans out there would have said, you know, yeah, this that moisture down there will come up in the feature and they'll be able to find traction and go. But what they had to do was really super pack it down so that it would almost become that fine dust that you saw on television so that the, um, the cars that weren't uh, dirt track uh, super prepped, I would say, you know, with the windshields out and things like that, and that argument will go on. Couldn't have mud like they experienced in that one lap on Saturday. So the track crew got it to where it had the fine bit of dust, and they kept putting water on it to keep it right at that level to where I'm on pit road. I, I took pictures. I, I was there all day. We didn't experience the dust that, as I saw afterwards, was wafting up into the seats and the television it was tough to see but at at driver level at pit crew level at pit reporter level it was just watching another race down there and uh, a good looking one at that when they were sideways and bumping into each other and trying to go up into the into the fluff thought it was pretty fun speaking with lenny Batiki here the host of prn at the track and also pit reporter for the performance racing network as another good friend of the show doug rice gave you a call thinking hey you know we got some dirt track racing we got a guy on staff here who knows a thing or two about dirt racing. So uh, that was awesome that he made you a part of the the crew there on Pit Road. What was that experience like for you uh, reporting uh, from Pit Road at uh, Bristol Motor Speedway? Well, it was just a real honor to be a part of uh, history and hopefully bring along some of the tracks, uh, you know, having a friend there, whether it was uh, at Sonoa, at West Georgia, Swainsboro, Livonia, uh, all the tracks that I've been blessed to go at throughout Georgia, Woolthorpe Speedway Park, and, and all, and hopefully they felt like they had a friend, somebody that understood them and was really talking with them um, more so than the, the typical pit reporters that were there. I really wanted to focus on this as an experience uh, to bring them along with me. Quickly, as you mentioned, as we kicked off the interview, that Bristol Motor Speedway did, did announce that next year they will return what do you think about, uh, if you were to grade it, what would you grade it? And maybe some of the improvements or things that you might think could uh, be changed to maybe make the event better or improve on things. Well, I, I would grade uh, the work that went into making it uh, like a triple A. It was so amazing to see so many different things and so many different groups come together. It's so much massive amount of work. And they still got two World of Outlaws weekends uh yet to go up there so they're not done yet running on the dirt at bristol um the the corrections and things like that the internet's smarter than i ever be you can look up you know what most folks are saying and i'm sure that uh they're more than half right and some of them are more than half wrong but eventually uh it'll sort itself out and i think we'll have a uh an exciting event that'll have improvements next year and uh i think the thing that took us most by surprise was Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson wrecking so early there. And I think if there's anything I could change right away, I'd keep them racing and maybe uh, have a, uh, a big battle to the end between those two and Joey Logano and uh, Stenhouse, who were really fast towards the end. 
Now, listening to the, uh, watching the television coverage, listening to the radio coverage as well, and you could hear the communication between some of the drivers, crew chiefs, some drivers not happy with how things were going, some were comfortable with it. Um, from your perspective and having an opportunity to be there on the level and, and maybe talk to some of these drivers in the post-race interviews or crew chiefs while the race was going on, what was, how, how do they feel now about this particular way of racing? Um, you know, I think it goes along the lines of people with uh, a comfort level on dirt. Joey Logano really picked up uh, when he went down to Florida to Volusia early this year and raced that modified and figured it out. And that's what propelled him to his, his position. And Suarez running at, you know, right up the road from Georgia at uh, Smoky Mountain, getting comfortable with these cars. Uh, Lenny Petiki joining this week on Southern Race Week Radio to break down his thoughts of the race dirt weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. Now, Lenny, if our listeners want to keep up with you and your podcast, PRN at the Track, uh, where can they go to keep up with what's going on there? They can uh, go hear our shows at goprn.com, the PRN app, and please give us please give us a follow on PRNs at the track on our social media, PRNs at the track on Twitter. This is Larry McReynolds of NASCAR on Fox, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hi, right, race fans. Welcome back to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your favorite radio racing station. But you can always find us having anything to do with the following tracks and talking about Cordell, Five Flag Speedway, any place that this guy has his hand involved. Mr. Bryant, Mr. Bryant, welcome back to the show, sir. How are you doing? Oh man, I'm doing good. Always my pleasure, man. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to have to start rebuilding my, my, my driver introduction for you because, you know, it's one thing when, when we're talking about five flag speedway, the home of NASCAR's birthplace, the place of the, the track promoter of the century, blah, blah, blah. And now, now you're helping other tracks grow their program and, and helping spread the word about the asphalt racing program. So I got, I got to, I got to change up your resume a little bit there, brother. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really not all that a simple matter. The fact is, is, uh, you know, we, uh, we have a limited super late model schedule here at, at five flag speedway with our blizzard series four super late model races, uh, throughout the summer that lead up to the snowball derby, of course. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're lending a hand, uh, through the Southern super series, with getting some super late model races at some other tracks. And, uh, of course, uh, we started the season out at South Alabama Speedway a few weeks ago with the Rattler 250, which was won by Ty Majeski from Wisconsin. And then, of course, this past weekend, we were at the, uh, the watermelon capital of the world, Cordell, Georgia, uh, Chris Motorsports Park, uh, for, for an awesome event, uh, Saturday night, which, uh, Georgia driver Corey Heim ended up winning. So, you know, we're on to Greenville, South Carolina with the Southern Super Series uh, in two weeks. Uh, for the HarrisonWorkwear.com 150. Then we're going to Nashville. Then we'll be back here in Pensacola. We're looking forward to getting back to Cordell in August uh, with a stop at Mobile along the way. And, uh, of course, uh, the All-American 400 ends it all uh, in September, uh, in October. And, uh, and that'll, that'll kind of wrap that up. But in the meantime, we're still doing some Friday night racing here at Five Flags Speedway. And, and uh, Ben Sumner and his crew are doing a good job with their local program at Cordell. And, and uh, uh, Stan Narison, our buddy at Montgomery Motor Speedway, where we'll be on June 5th with the Southern Super Series. He's got his season underway. So short track racing is alive and well in the Southeast. 
Well, if you just join us here, we're talking to Tim Bryant. If you've ever been down to Five Flags Speedway, you've seen him. You've met him. This guy's got his hands involved in everything when it comes to that track. Uh, and I tell you, if you want to talk about a guy that can put on a program, it's a tie battle royale every year for who's going to be the track promoter of the year between you and that cat in Montgomery. <laughs> so, you know, I, I got to be careful about him because, you know, if I, if I show up at his track, I have to let him know that I've had a few beers in advance because otherwise he'll try to stick me in a school bus race, and that just gets ugly. I mean, it just gets really hey, ugly. And, and, and be careful now. He'll put the mic in front of you and have you sing the national anthem because uh, <laughs> one night he couldn't find anybody, so he sang it himself. He's, uh, he's definitely staying the man. One night at Lanier Speedway, and, you know, Lanier has got uh, some Legends programming coming back up there, so that's a great uh, great uh, segue to the Lanier and what he used to do up there. But, yeah. Yeah, I showed up there one time uh, for the, what was it called? The gas series back in the day. I think it was what it's called. Yep, yep, yep. Showed up there. He said, hey, can you sing the national anthem? And I was standing there singing the national anthem. And this woman was standing behind me. And I could have sworn as loud as she was cussing and using the Lord's name in vain, her voice had to be carrying over on the microphone. So I've, oh. in all the years that I've sang the national anthem uh, at the inaugural Indy race at Atlanta Motor Speedway, ARCA races, NASCAR races, whatever, whatever, I've never stopped singing because someone was standing behind me just cussing so loudly. <laughs> she well, was cussing. And I just stopped and I turned around and I looked at her and said, do you mind? <laughs> you know, so turns out her husband was the sponsor of that race, and they didn't ask me to sing National Anthem no more. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Stan is a great guy, and you are a great guy, man. Um, you know, I'm, if it's, is it me, or am I starting to see more and more resurgence, resurgence, resurgence of of female drivers who are coming to the track? And the short track and everything else, otherwise, and they're coming with some with some some decent equipment, and they they look like they're ready to to really start making some strong headways and giving Bubba Pollard and some of the other Georgia boys a run for the money. Well, I mean, here here at Pensacola, it it goes way back. We've always had a little bit of that. And of course, uh, it reached the pinnacle in two thousand and ten when Johanna Long won, you know, our marquee event, the Snowball Derby. But uh, just about every track has. Uh, uh, you know, uh, some female uh, participation now. We saw some at Cordell uh, last weekend. I think, uh, uh, matter of fact, Pensacola driver Cody Brusso uh, participated in the uh, in the outlaw race over there, and uh, she'll be in action along with a couple other females here this Friday night. As a matter of fact, today, a uh, I, I don't know how old she is. I think she's 16 years old. Her name uh, is Riley Heil from Texas is testing a pro truck out here uh, mm. getting ready for this Friday's action. So, yeah, we got uh, uh, we got some girl power going on for sure. Well, if, uh, you know, Tim, somebody wants to get involved and find a, uh, and keep up with the schedule for not only Five Flags but the, the touring series, where's the best place to point them to? Does Five Flags have all of the information that we need to find, or where do we need to point them to? Well, certainly for, for everything going on here in Pensacola, it's fiveflagspeedway.com. Our complete schedule is on there. Ticket information. We have online tickets available uh, for people that want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, get their tickets early. And uh, of course, we're a Friday night track. We race at 8 p.m. on Friday. Uh, as far as our, our touring series, SouthernSuperSeries.com has uh, has the 2021 schedule posted. We've got two 
two races in the book now. And by the way, Georgia driver Jake Garcia, I know it's early, but he's sitting at the top of the point standings. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we know he, we knew before the first race was ran that he would be a contender for the 21 championship. And he certainly has come out of the gate looking like a strong contender for it. Anything big coming up to Five Flags or a track we need to keep our eye on for the next couple of weeks or month? A couple of highlights I want to mention. WB here at Pensacola. Of course, our season opener is this Friday night, uh, and we'll we'll race uh, pretty much every other week through the summer. We've got uh, two double headers on the super late model schedule this year. One of them is June 4th here at Five Flags, and then on June 5th, we're going to Stan's Place, uh, Montgomery Motor Speedway. So we'll just jump on Highway 65 and go north on Saturday morning and uh, and get round two of uh, of that uh, June double header. Then on July 23rd and 24th. We're going to have a gigantic doubleheader here at Pensacola, both Friday night and Saturday night. It's going to be a big camping weekend. We're planning a lot of special events in and around that that doubleheader. So uh, uh, really looking forward to that. As far as the next Southern Super Series race, again, we'll be at the Greenville Pickens Speedway for the first time ever. It's a joint venture with the Cars Tour, another touring series based in mm-hmm. the Charlotte area, yep. uh, combined event. So uh, a good field of cars lined up, a good a good uh, prize money race. So should draw a lot of cars be some great action at Greenville. And again, that's Saturday night, uh, April the 10th. And, uh, make sure you can, uh, you can probably go ahead and start buying your snowball snowflake tickets now. Can't you? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that April 1st is when snowball derby ticket renewals begin. That's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Uh, for folks from out of town, they can call in, uh, renew their tickets. Uh, we have a limited number of, of, uh, track side parking available and that goes first come first serve we have all the way until august to renew last year's tickets uh we'll spend a couple of weeks processing requested upgrades and then uh in mid-august uh, the remaining seats will go on sale to the 54th annual snowball derby which this year will run from december 2nd through december 5th hey listeners this is jamie little from nascar on fox and you're listening to southern race week well race fans as another episode of southern race week winds down we want you to remember we never stop giving you the updates and giving you up to speed on everything going on in the racing world short track super speedway and yes alfie now we are going to add for a rare edition two-wheeled racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway with the flat track motorcycle racing coming to Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're going to be talking about that in a couple of weeks, but we want to make sure that y'all take time to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. Find us on Twitter at SRW Radio, but you can also find Alfie at Alfie underscore 19 on Twitter. And of course, you can always find Southern Race Week on all of your favorite podcast locations whether it's iHeartRadio or it is iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Alfie has us there, and it's there for your listening anytime you want. Another great week, man. Another great show. Thanks again, brother. I appreciate it, bro. And once again, thanks to our great guests this week, Jacqueline Drake of the Cars Tour Series, also Tim Bryant of Five Flags Speedway, and also Lenny Patiki from the Performance Racing Network for joining us this week. Hey, and listen, we could not leave today without saying a big shout out and a big, our hearts and prayers are going out to our uh, affiliate uh, WCOH, the longest standing radio station that I can ever remember. One of my first jobs was working at that uh, radio station when I was 16. Uh, WCOH in Noonan, Georgia was taken out by the tornadoes that happened last week. So we're posting up some 
great ways that you can help the city of Newnan and those residents. Uh, check out a, check out us on Facebook and you can see how you can help donate not only to the Red Cross, but to the great folks of the people that are boots on the ground. Until next week, I'm William Barber. I'm Alfie. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>